Hello, and welcome to a rapid-fire version of Tales from the Tailgate. It seems a little bit like a throwback here, as it is just the original three-member crew here. It, my name is Rob, joining me is Alex, and back from the dead, back from law school, Bo. I've I've been told that we're only going to use first names now. I'm probably going to end up, it's probably going to end up T-Rob, Alex being Boyd, and then Bean will be Bean, or... Bo, but we are very glad to have Bo back on the podcast. Bo, what have you been up to? Man, it is so good to be back from my podcast sabbatical. I would love to say I'm all rest and relaxed, but uh, alas, a lot of lot of writing, a lot of reading. Very happy to be back here. I would like to just start by shouting out saying I, I love the pod the last couple of weeks, most especially last week. You guys nailed it. The Jets draft of the year going to be the, the best class of anybody. And, and that's basically what I heard on the pod last week. So I'd just like to say thank you, Alex. Thank you to Rustin, who I hope to, to be able to join on a pod sometime soon. You guys nailed it. Jets nailed it. Yeah, Jets actually had a had a pretty good draft, and yes, definitely, again, we want to thank Cousin Rustin for coming on. I'm sure we will be hearing a lot more from him, especially as we kind of get into the dog days of summer where we can really get into, you know, some deep dive stuff where we really don't have much other than uh, some midsummer baseball, and then especially once we get into college and NFL football, and we've actually got a great lineup of guests coming up for you just working around everyone's schedule and getting that finalized right now we've got uh some guys from the orioles coming on we've got a vegas insider uh we've got a former broadcasting partner of mine all lined up so we're just trying to finalize those interview schedules and we'll probably release some more as kind of a one-off 20 to 30 minute individual episode unless they you know have the ability and time to come on for a full show and they want to do that but we totally understand that not everyone has the time or desire to come on for a full hour to hour and 15 minute show with us those can be taxing on me even sometimes but we want to thank everyone who has come on and is going to come on and of course everyone who listens alex have you been feeling the last week actually it's about two weeks i'm feeling pretty good yeah the complete lure of the draft is starting to fade like now we're thinking OTAs you know looking forward to you know the real nuts and bolts of the NFL offseason uh baseball has been fascinating you've got basketball with a never before seen uh playoff format hockey's going on and stupid panthers i this is this is okay. As everybody knows, I hate the Tampa Bay Lightning. I am a big Cats fan. We lost Tomice. We're screwed. We couldn't hold on to that four three lead in the third period uh, on Sunday night, game one. That would have set the tone. Our guy gets you know suspended for boarding, and it was an ugly hit. He should have gone down. But if Tampa wins tonight, it's over. Just they are going to walk through this. Cats have to come out swinging tonight. Otherwise. You know, just pack it in. Don't even play game four. Yeah, you're you're our hockey guy. I mean, I told you when you called me last week and you were getting all excited about the Panthers. Panthers are going to lose first round. Panthers always lose first round. I've seen Panthers up three nothing in the first round and blow it. It that's just what the Panthers do. So that actually does not surprise me at all. And they're a pretty good seed, right? I mean, I know in, it's hockey and, like, the seeding, it doesn't always mean as much in hockey. But, but, like, they had a pretty good year, I think, right? They had a really good year. And that's why the last series against Tampa was so important. The final two games decided home ice. The Panthers took them. And uh, then as soon as it really gets into actual Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup playoffs, they, they, they dropped two in a row at home. So, not great. Not great, but hey, we've seen weirder things happen in hockey. I'm just not betting on it. What else we have going on? Uh, PGA Championship started today. They were recording this Thursday, May 20th. 
And uh, who's in the league? It's Corey Connors, the Canadian in there, right now in the lead. I guess we're a little too late to, you know, take our picks before the tournament, obviously. But uh, anyone want to take a shot at who you think's going to carry the rest of the weekend? Uh, I kind of want to... I kind of want to go with my guy, uh, Colin Morikawa. I think I took him for the Masters. I'll double down on him here. He's two under. Corey Connors, the leader, at five under at Kiowa in South Carolina. One of our listeners actually was there for the first round uh, today, and I got a I got a live report from the PGA Championship. So, uh, shout out to Will. Uh, he'll also be joining us um, in a few weeks to talk about college baseball, a show that I'm very excited to record. We're going to do an actual whole special about uh, the NCAA baseball tournament a uh, day or two after the selection comes out. So that'll be just after um, the end, just after Memorial Day, because regionals start up on June 4th, I believe that's the Friday. But back to the PGA, I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa as much as I want to take Taylor Gooch, just based on the name alone. <laughs> but just real quick, do you all have anyone? Uh, if, I don't know if you've seen the leaderboard at all. Phil Nicholson's two under. Burks Kepka uh, three under. Keegan Bradley, three under. Uh, those guys are tied for second. Um, anyone want to take a shot at who's going to carry? I'm going to take Kepka. I rolled with him. Every time I roll with him in a major, so you know, let's let's try it again. Man, you spoke too quick. I was going to try and take Kepka, so I guess I got to go with somebody else. Who I don't even know who's this Hovland guy. Is he any good? What is he? Norwegian? Yeah. Of course he's. Yeah, give me, the, give me the Norwegian. Yeah. Damn, Victor Hovland. That's probably not a bad pick. From Norway to South Carolina. All right. You know, this is actually the longest uh, PGA championship in history at this course. Really? Yep. Uh, only like the third major, like major, major event that's been held there. Uh, I think they they got a Ryder Cup like in 1991. And I think that's one of the other, you know, major things that they've had there. So. Pretty new course to everybody. I mean, you always get the ones like uh, St. Andrews, like these courses that they talk about all the time, and that you'll have a major rotate to you know, every five years or so. But great to see one actually go down at Kiowa to the Ocean Course. Uh, what else? We had NHL, PGA. I know that there's a topic that Bo is really excited to get into, and that is the NBA playoffs, and specifically the NBA playoff play-in games. Bo, can you kind of describe how those are actually working? I think they're, it, it's, they're playing for the 7 and 8 seeds. They are. They're playing for the 7 and 8 seeds. I would love to describe this amazing idea that, that our friend Alex maybe doesn't appreciate to its fullest extent, and I would love to hear why he doesn't appreciate it like the great capitalist that I know he is. Uh, the nine seed and the 10 seed play each other at the nine seed. And then that same night, the seven and eight seed play each other at the seven seed. The winner of the seven, eight seed becomes the seven seed. The loser of that game hosts the winner of the other game with the winner of that game becoming the eight seed. It uh, adds a little bit of gradation to the seeding. It, it creates a lot more incentives down the stretch for different teams to continue playing hard throughout the year, um, especially at the end of the NBA season. Uh, and it just frankly makes regular season basketball and even playoff basketball that much more interesting uh, to watch. So, Alex, did I, did I miss anything in that description? Yeah, you swung and missed pretty hard. <laughs> I don't know how, in your right mind, you can think that this makes regular season basketball more interesting. This completely devalues the regular season, which it already was. It already was a train wreck. But now you can be 12 games back of somebody, sit all your guys, and say, hey, all I've got to do is win two. I hated the first four, or, or yeah, the first four games for the NCAA tournament. 
I hate the extra play in game in Major League Baseball. It completely invalidates anybody actually trying if you're a middle of the pack team because you don't have to. So what is the point of watching 82 games in basketball or 162 in baseball, whatever it is, what is the actual point of playing those games, playing your guys in those games? It disincentivizes teams from playing hard. No way. The point, the point is that if you get a better seed, it actually matters with this new setup. So think about, think about this. Yes, it would have mattered if you're the seven or the eight because you don't have a team that's eight games behind you having a chance to knock you out. You did your job. No, if you're the seven or the eight now, that beats the shit out of being the nine or ten because you only have to win one of two. If you're the nine it or ten, it doesn't matter because being the seven and the eight beforehand got you in the playoffs. But now, if you're the seven or eight, the nine and ten, you care to become the six so that you don't have to play the play-in at all. So you're but penalizing a team for like whatever I'm in. It, it it means that being the six seed is actually better than being the seven seed. Before, if you're the six seed, if you're the five seed, if you're the seven seed, you're like, oh, okay, I'm done, whatever. I'm going to the playoffs. I'm not going to get any home game. Like, I'm not going to host any series anyway. Now, you've got incentive to try and be that six seed. And then if you're the six seed, you've got incentive to try and be that four seed so you get to host the series. And if you're that four seed, you want to be the two seed so you get to host the second round series. If you're the, the nine seed, you're trying to get that eight. And obviously, if you're like 11 or 12, you're trying to get up into that top 10. That gradation is good for the sport, good for competition. At the end of the season, there were 24 teams still playing for something with two games left in the season. When was the last time you saw that in basketball? If you're 20 games below 500 and you've got a chance at making the playoffs, something is cat food. I mean, that is just wrong. Dude, don't even try this. That's so not the case, though. I mean, Charlotte's the, the 10th seed in the East. They're 33 and 39, six games below 500. If you're 20 games below 500, you're still not making the playoffs. And you shouldn't. I agree with that. I'm not I'm not for every team making the playoffs. Yeah, my whole but point to this... My whole point to this was going to be, look, no matter what, we're still talking about a league where over half the league actually makes the playoffs. I mean, same thing with hockey. It's a 30-team league. 16 teams make the playoffs, and now we're bringing in an extra four into it. So 20 teams at the end of the season, no matter what, have a chance to or have already made the playoffs. I think it's great for TV. I think that's what they want it to be. I really couldn't care less who comes out of that, you know, 7-8. Uh, it just, it doesn't matter. I will matter. say the games were, the game, it was entertaining basketball. Right. But, yeah, but, and, and that's what the league wants, right? But it's I haven't, I haven't watched, like, a first-round playoff game probably since undergrad when I had nothing to do. Well, be careful because they're not actual playoff games. They wanted to make that very clear. Okay, whatever. Like, I, okay, I certainly haven't watched a non-playoff game that wasn't on Christmas. Like, and I've watched very few of those. Yeah, we all love those. Uh, the Christmas fans. I, those are just fun. They get like the anyway. I'm, I'm like weird about the Christmas games. I kind of like those, but but I certainly haven't watched a non-playoff. NBA game. I can't like remember the last time I did, and I, I watched all those games. Uh, this, I mean, they were great. They were awesome. I stayed up for them. I, I, man, these West Coast games they start so late, and I'll watch that because that Laker Warriors game was great. In reality, what better matchup could they put for a game like that if they're going to do it for the first time? You know, in a regular season outside of a bubble or anything like that. I mean, that's who the league wants on TV is the Lakers and the Warriors. I did not want the Lakers to win, I'll tell you that. Totally. And now we could still see the Lakers-Warriors play again. At least LeBron got poked in the eye. I think by Draymond Green. So at least least that was entertaining. I enjoyed that part. 
if anything. Look, I will say, it. Rob, you're right. There's too many teams in the playoffs. I can agree with that. But, you know, the, the, the NFL has done something very similar. It's different because they only play one game. They don't have these seven-game series. But they have these levels of gradation in their playoff format with the seven-team format that they use. Much fewer teams go. Something like that, I think, is better. But ultimately, I think I think the playing games, I think it's going to be a huge success. I, I've really enjoyed it so far. I'm really looking forward to watching this Grizz-Warriors game uh, and seeing what happens from there. Because I think either of those teams could legitimately be an eight seed that even competes with Utah, potentially. And towards your point, what league right now isn't really expanding their playoffs? I mean, hockey. I mean, the NFL did it. Major League Baseball did it. The NBA's doing it. NCAA football, a college football, is probably about to do it. The NCAA tournament for basketball, that was, what, 15 years ago? They added the extra play-in games. I mean, it's what's happening across the board, other than I think NHL. Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. No, the NHL last year had a tournament to get into the tournament because they were playing in the bubble. So well, they've done it. Yeah, they've done it. That's, I guess, somewhat excusable. It Last year doesn't really count, I say, even though the Heat made the finals. Speaking of the Heat, Heat actually get into the playoffs as the sixth seed, so I guess they avoid that, and they end up having to play the number three seed Milwaukee Bucks out of the East. Bucks lead the series, season series over the Heat 2-1 to one so far. I'm interested to see how that one rolls out. Uh, that starts on Saturday, uh, this Saturday, I believe. I Unless that's a night game, I will probably be watching the Rebs because that would be uh, Ole Miss Baseball's last regular season game of the year before we go into the SEC tournament. But, you know, if, that's, if they're at different times, I'll definitely turn the Heat on and watch... Uh, watch us try to beat Giannis. Yeah, I think that's a dogfight series. I, I really don't think that Milwaukee matches up well against the Heat. I mean, outside of Middleton and Giannis, what the hell do they have? You know, the Heat. I think defensively, if they can lock that down, this game or this series probably ends in six, um, which I think was what we ended it in in last year's playoffs. I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is going to be a a really fantastic series. To me, it's arguably the most interesting. Bo, how do your shit-ass Knicks fare in this? Uh, yeah, I was about to say, hey, Bo, congrats. You finally made it back. As Man, a whore. I'm so full of emotion. I don't even, I don't even know what to say about it. It's Julius Randle averaging a double-double this year. He's I'm just going to be a fan about it. I'm not going to give you any any dynamic takes or anything. Knicks in four, then Knicks in four again, then Knicks beat the Heat in the conference championship. Knicks all the way, baby. They're going to beat LeBron in the finals. It's going to be this is the year. I'm on board. The Knicks have beaten the Hawks every every time they've met this year. They're three and zero. A 26-point differential, I believe, in favor of the Knicks. That's the four-versus-five seed. So I'm, I, I can't honestly say that I'm rooting for you, Bo, but I'm very interested to, to keep up with that series. I won't say watch, but I will definitely keep up with it. What else we got so, going on? Rapid fire on this as, as it's going to start. Realistically, if they're all on the floor, does anybody beat Brooklyn, or do they walk through to a championship? Sixers. Mm, I you think the Sixers can knock them down. If, I, the, if the three are on the floor, there's no way. I, I'm just, I'm just such a, a New York and Philly homer with this stuff these days. Hey, Bo, it, if you know, not, they're so good. That Brooklyn team is just insane, and especially when you get into playoff and you can just, you can just play those guys forty four minutes. The game, Bo. If They're it comes, hard to if it comes down to it, and Philly and the Knicks end up playing, are you going to go? I, I think I have to. 
I think I'd go to every game of that series. Just take the Estella back and forth. How long does that take you? It's like an hour. Oh, dang. You could get trashed on that train in an hour there and back. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I took it I took it a couple weeks ago when I got done with finals when I saw my brother. It was a uh, $24 round trip. Dang. I mean, that's yeah. less than it would be for parking somewhere. Heck yeah. And then actually, it's even better because Penn Station in New York is under Madison Square Garden. So you get off the, the train, so that hour train, and it opens, like it comes up into the basketball stadium. It'll actually take me longer to get to the, the 76ers just about than it would to get to the Knicks. That sounds like something that I would actually go to if I could ride a train to the stadium. The closest I can get to that is riding the tri-rail and getting stabbed on the tri-rail going to Miami and then taking an even sketchier bus to the baseball stadium where no one is, where you could also be stabbed. So, But Philadelphia, that's I've been to, around those stadiums. Like, uh, was it Citizens Bank? Is the Eagles still Lincoln Financial? And the 76ers, they're all right next to each other, right? Yeah, they are. It's not, a, right there. It's not a great area, if I remember correctly. Very industrial. It's got character. Grit. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, if, if the Knicks in Brooklyn can manage to make it to that conference championship, that would be really fun to watch. The chances of New York actually making it there, like making it past Atlanta and the Sixers, is probably low. But I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that'd be good for the city. Brooklyn probably wins it at four. But yeah, I'd say so at that point. Here's my question for you then: Rapid fire. If if you got a rapid fire question on Brooklyn, L.A. Lakers as a seven seed, how far can they make it? I'd love to see them lose to Phoenix. I definitely I don't think they happening. get. I definitely don't think they get past uh, Utah at all if they have to come across them as the one. There's no way. Yeah, but Utah's not built to win playoff series. They're built to win in the regular season and then lose. I don't know. I don't believe in Utah. If I have to look at the West, I'm taking the field and not the one seed. Utah I might be like, cursed yeah. after Rudy Gobert broke sports last year. He sure did. Jackass. Yeah, no fun. Rudy Gobert hugging people on the court before the game, freaking everybody out. Licking microphones. Yeah, that'll get you. That'll get you. It might not be COVID, but it will get you. (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) All Um, right, we've we've probably exhausted that topic. Let's talk about baseball. What's going on in baseball? Let's get... To something that's really important, baseball. How about six no hitters this year so far? Does anyone know what the record for no hitters in a year is? It's got to be some weird number, like seventeen. No. I was going to guess like eleven. Bo is definitely closer. Seven. Seven. It oh, is. It is May twentieth, and we already have six. And if you counted that, that was it Zach Gallon who got oh, yeah. one. Zach Gallon, former Marlin, who we traded to uh, Arizona, and I think that was the Jazz Chisholm trade. Yeah, I think if, if you counted that, then we're already there. I think I traded Zach Gallon for my fantasy team too. Might have been to you, Bo. I don't know. That was a bad. That was a bad move. How appropriate if you did. Yeah, it would be it would be very fitting. I actually think I'm about to get kicked out of that league. <laughs> I should. I'm horrible. My team's terrible. But that's not what the listeners want to hear about. They want to hear about no nos. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was Spencer Turnbull this year, and then uh, I'm sorry, this week, and. Was it Corey Kluber? Yep. So Against the Rangers. Oh, the Rangers are terrible, I will tell you that. Corey Kluber, uh, I'm, 
I'm actually I have not kept up with it today. He's on the Yankees now, right? Yep. Yeah, he was an Indian we, for a little bit though. Yeah, somehow I didn't even realize that he was an Indian or a, a, a Yankee until until I saw that he pitched no hitter. I'm like, when did he get there? Yeah, that was that was kind of my thought that I wasn't really sure if this was real or if it was a maybe I was just dreaming about Corey Kluber. But yeah, don't you remember him in the playoffs when he uh, basically said, "I'm a free agent." After they got, after they lost in Cleveland. Yeah, I do remember that. So, of course, he has to go to the Yankees. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I want to get paid. Free agent capital of baseball. But, I, you know, I like Corey Kluber. And then Spencer Turnbull, we had two no-hitters in, what, 48 hours? I watched the Carlos Rodon oh. one. And I, you know, I can't even name you know the other ones that have happened so far. <laughs> Jack Leiter threw yeah. one against South Carolina. Well, so but the reason, so the the thing I thought was interesting, and the reason I named the Rangers, so they were it was Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, John Means in Baltimore, which is a fun one. I, I think it'd been like thirty years for oh, them. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about with Nathan about that when whenever we get him on. Uh, Wade Miley, Spencer Turnbull, and then Corey Kluber. There's been six no-hitters, but they're, they've come against three teams. Two against the Rangers, two against the Indians, two against the Mariners. Wow. How do you feel if that's happened to you <laughs> and it's only May 20th? We're halfway through the day. <laughs> Each. Real. Talk about a terrible lineup. And, and, and so I think the conversation that you like want to have is, oh, if they deaden the balls too much, whatever, but no, there's just three teams that are really, really bad. Like if I'm a major league pitcher, I am itching to go against these guys. There's, they're liable to just get a no hitter thrown against them by some high school stud. And that Joe Musgrove one really kind of hits home because you know, he w- he was a pirate, and he's part of that. I mean, the pirates are always selling off. And then, uh, who was it uh, going off the no hitter for a minute? But the pirates. Uh, I saw an article about this, and I completely agree. Traded away uh, Chris Archer, or they lost Chris Archer. I'm sorry, no they they got Chris Archer from the Tampa Bay Rays. They traded away. Austin Meadows, Shane Baz, and ah uh, some other some other pitcher who is absolutely killing it right now. It might have been one of the guys who actually threw one of the no hitters this year. And then after all of that, they get that for Chris Archer. Then Chris Archer gets hurt the first year that they have him. He has to have surgery. Then last year he sits out for injury and COVID. He's like, I'm not going to play. Now, Chris Archer just got to leave the Pirates and then immediately signed back with the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to have to go back and look at the exact, you know, uh, the exact terms of that trade, but it completely blew up in the Pittsburgh Pirates' faces, and they lost Joe Musgrove, and now, I mean, these guys are throwing no-hitters. It is, you know, it's kind of, Alex, it's kind of like what the Marlins did with each fire sale, and then you lose guys like, Miguel Cabrera or, you know, Stanton wins an MVP, then you get rid of him, then you get rid of Yelich, and then he goes and wins the MVP the next year. Consecutive years, MVPs both gone. You look at those 2,000 teams with the Marlins, you got rid of Luis Castillo, who had a revival with the Twins and the Mets. Um, Mike Lowell, guys like that, Juan Encarnacion, goes on to win some World Series with the Cardinals. Josh Beckett. Uh, Carl Pavano. I mean, the the names are endless where you trade away these guys. Kevin then, Brown. Yeah, Kevin Brown. And then they go on to make, you know, full careers out of themselves. Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield. Who Sheffield. else? Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla was on the tail end of his career at that point. But Bobby yeah. Bonilla, greatest figure probably in baseball. But outside of Kevin Brown, I think almost everybody that we have mentioned has, you know, had a shot at a World Series elsewhere. 
Yeah. Castillo might not have. Well, the Twins made the World Series one year, right, with, like, Joe Maurer. Yeah, but he also, I think, was on that Mets team that might have been in the Subway Series. I don't remember. No, he definitely wasn't. We kept him until, but like, it could have been. We kept him until, like, 06. I guess the best thing to do if you're in baseball is get out of Miami. Yeah, well, that was get out of Joe Robbie and get out of Heisinga and then Jeff Lor- Jeffrey Loria. It really pisses me off that David Sampson, former president of the Marlins, has like a standing appointment with um, Dan Levitard, and that they actually talk to that. Those human two being. deserve each other. The fact that those two human beings like absolute like actually talk to each other absolutely infuriates me. Yeah. Another person who is infuriated. Let's lead into that. One of our favorites here, Mr. Tony Larusa, and the unwritten rules of baseball. And now, uh, was it CC Sabathia is trying to get into it? Isn't CC Sabathia yeah. retired? I I think so. That or he maybe plays in a men's league somewhere. Talking about who has a locker and who has an office, CC Sabathia has neither. I think he had, like, a severe gambling problem and uh, a little bit of a weight problem for a little bit, too. So I don't really know where CC Sabathia fits into this whole thing. Bo, do you know? He kind of seems like he's coming in from left field here. Uh, definitely coming in from the left field pen on this one. Uh, so Tony LaRusso obviously gets his guy, Yerman uh, Mercedes. Am I saying that right? thrown at um, after he hits an absolute bomb on a 3-0 count off of a, a position player who's throwing lollipops to him in a 13-1 game in the ninth inning or something. Next day, seventh inning, he gets thrown at. And after the game, they ask Tony LaRusso, and he says, what, you know, how do you feel about that? And Tony LaRusso goes, yeah, that's what you do. You throw, you throw a guy to do that like, with his own player. Um doesn't defend his own players. CC Sabathia. I don't. It, I, I didn't see if it was on Twitter or Instagram or maybe one of these talk shows. He comes out out of the left field pen, says, "Yeah, you can't do that." Tony Larusa is such a bad guy. I can't believe they let Tony Larusa manage a squad anywhere. So I guess all I have to say about all this is this is just a series of idiots making things worse and being dumber and dumber. And this is something we've talked about on this show multiple times before. But like, I feel like the MLB, they just keep letting idiots do stupid stuff and they just it just spirals. Mercedes probably shouldn't have been swinging it at 3-0 pitch 13-1, but he did. Okay. Well, the next day, they shouldn't have thrown at him what they did. Tony LaRusso doesn't defend his own guy. And then CeCe, who's, as we just established, gambling somewhere, takes a night off from that to come talk smack. This is this Hall of Famer. My only question is, where's like the league to step in at some point here and be like, this is, this is absurd. We have to stop the spiral on all this sort of stuff. And, and, Stop the the self policing on unwritten rules and and get control of these types of situations. You know what I'll say though that not a lot of people I've heard complaining about this situation have said though is I really don't care what Tony Larusa does. I think he wasn't he the focus of that DUI scandal earlier in the year that we were talking about. Yeah, we're big Tony Larusa sure fans around here. <laughs> But what a lot of people aren't saying right now is Tony LaRusso has the Chicago White Sox, the Chicago White Sox in first place in the AL Central by two and a half games, and he has the best run differential in baseball. The White Sox are killing people. Does anyone want to take a guess at what the White Sox run differential is this year? What's their What's their record? They are 26 and 16, 10 games over 500. And think this is the best in baseball too. Plus sixty-two. You exactly guessed the second best run differential in baseball, which is the Houston oh. Astros, who actually are not even leading their own division. Plus 
plus 80. Close. Plus 73. Tony LaRusa knows how to manage a baseball team. He does not necessarily know how to get home from certain bars, but we will forgive him for that one. Look, when was when was the last time the White Sox were up there? 2005? It's not that he didn't throw in anybody. It's that somebody threw at his guy, and he didn't even defend his guy. Oh, that's true. If somebody throws at you, Rob, I'm going to defend you, even if you were wrong. Yeah. Because we're on this pod, and you're my guy. No, but I mean, if he says, if he comes out and says that, you know, that's what you do, that's what you do to a guy, I mean, yeah, that is baseball. You're talking now, now I know who not to turn to if somebody comes throwing at me. Don't don't turn around and ask Rob for backup. I mean, I'm going to throw at someone too though. This isn't just a one way street. I'll start throwing at anybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But he just came out and was like, Yeah, man, like shouldn't been swinging at that. What people are saying is they're trying to make baseball more fun. How is this less fun? I think this is entertaining as hell. It was a great time. Somebody should be able to go out in the middle of the fifth and just take a fungo bat to somebody else's leg. This is the most interested I've been in the AL Central in years. Oh, man. I mean, I I love talking smack. I love – I actually probably love C.C. Sabathia on the talk shows talking smack about Tony La Russa. And as you said, Tony La Russa is not going anywhere while they've got the best run differential in baseball. But but this throwing at guys thing, they're throwing a hundred mile an hour fastballs. Like it hurts people. I mean, uh, actually, probably the segue. You wanted to talk, I think, about uh, Bilar, right? Yeah, Kevin Bilar took a ninety four mile an hour fastball to the face, walked it off, did an interview next day, said he's feeling great. Uh, you know, I I just took one L criminal law. Hitting somebody with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, I mean, that's like, you hurt some folks. That's a soul. That's bad. That's not really the society we live in in 2021. I love when they're yelling at each other. I even love benches during brawls. But I don't want to see anybody getting hit with a 95-mile-an-hour with a baseball. But to be fair, I think that one was unintentional. It definitely was unintentional. That, that one definitely was. That one it just shows, like, the danger... And it's worse when it's intentional. <laughs> I, I would like to think, I mean, I'm still going to throw at someone no matter what, but I'd like to think that you might tone it down to maybe 90, low 90s if you're going to purposely throw at someone. That or don't hit them in the face. It's pretty hard to hit someone directly in the face. Not worth the risk, though. It, it sounds like somebody's getting hit with the baseball in, in Alex's apartment. Yeah, I I guess Mango is all about throwing at people. He has very strong opinions on this. He is he's entirely on Tony LaRusse's side. Yeah. I I don't know what to do at this point. He's been covered but Jesus. I I think that's why he's mad. He wanted to come on the pod. Well he did. Uninvited as uninvited as hell. Special Hold on, I gotta I gotta do something about that. Keep talking, I'll be back. Very special guest, Mango. And he's he's still going. We now I've I, I had already lost track probably about five minutes ago, but now that has definitely thrown me off. So Bo, since you've been gone, we have actually started to schedule I mentioned it just a little bit. Earlier at the beginning of the show, I want to see if you're in, so I'll ask you live on air. Do you want to be in on this uh, NCAA baseball tournament post-selection show rundown? It's going to be it's going to be a deep run, and it's going to be featuring me, Connor Young, Hunter Kirk, William Walker, hopefully you, and I'm guessing Alex will be there too. I don't know if Auburn Matt's going to join us for that one. I mean, you and I are the baseball guys. I think this is going to be a great show. Heck yeah. When are we doing that? When is it? So conference tournaments start middle of next week, and so it'll be right after that. So I think it'll be Sunday the 30th or Monday the 31st is when 
the regionals are announced, and then we will record the show going forward that Tuesday, Wednesday. Sweet. It was uh, it was fun. I, I haven't gotten the chance to watch much college baseball this year, but I really I did get the chance to watch some of that Ole Miss Vanderbilt series. It was really fun to watch the unofficial 2020 chant take down the reigning official 2019 chant uh, in a in a three game set, two to one, and going against two possibly the top two picks in the country. Uh, this Ole Miss team is legit. Are they going to get a regional rub? Uh, they very well could. I think that's on the line here. Some starting tonight, all of the SEC series starting on Thursday to give everyone an extra day to get ready for the SEC tournament in Hoover. Everyone's just so hurt. Uh, late scratch today where Tim Elko is actually going to DH. They announced the lineup with Ben Van Cleve DHing and then about 30 minutes before the game sent out a new lineup and Tim Elko is going to come out and DH for the Rebs tonight. An amazing story. But the pitching for the Rebs and the bullpen is just, uh, it's hurt and it's not where it needs to be and it's unfortunate and some of the stuff we can control, a lot of the stuff we can't. But if Ole Miss takes or takes two out of three against Georgia starting tonight, the 20th, I think that's a lock for the host. You know, super hosting possibilities. I think they would have to make a pretty deep run in the SEC tournament, which they have. At this point, though, I don't even want to. I'll go way too down a rabbit hole on this. But there's a point where I don't even see you know, the reasoning behind trying to win an SEC tournament championship because you're just wasting your pitching. I mean, do you want that trophy? If you've already locked up your host and your national host, what's the point of you pitching your guys longer than everybody else and everyone else that's going to show up in your regional? If you have to end up playing on a Sunday or a Monday and go on, you know, reasonably short rest when everyone else has had, you know, seven to ten days. That's just my thought. Alex, I think the... Auburn Tigers are actually playing this weekend to get in to the SEC tournament. They're uh, possibly one of the last ones in at LSU, Auburn, and one other team, maybe A&M, someone like that trying to get in. Uh, now, who a few months ago would have thought that? I mean, with the starts that all three had, I, I just, we stink. There's, We'd have to win Hoover to even get in the tournament, I think. I don't see a way with our conference record being so bad that uh, our you know, strength of out-of-conference schedule is going to do us any favors. Uh, I think this is kind of a lost year for Auburn. A lot of potential, but injuries derailed, and you know the wheels kind of fell off the bus. Yeah. But, hey, that it happens. Usually if you're trying to play your way into the conference tournament in the last week of the year, the odds probably aren't the best for the big tournament. As I say that, you know, these Rebs are, these Rebs are about to start here at Georgia, so I'm pretty close to getting off. Do we have a dumb question of the week this week? Yeah, we do, and it's a very not-so-dumb question this week. Uh, and it actually comes from uh, Ryan McGee and some guys up at ESPN who I, I follow very closely. Um, I think McGee's a fantastic writer. And in honor of it being 100 days until the start of the college football season, you know, he had a discussion with some other writers there, and they were asking, you know, what are you looking forward to most that returns in 2021 college football that wasn't there in 2020. You know, whether it's you know, the band or cheerleader, whatever it is, you know, flyovers. What is it that when you watch football this fall, you are just so geared up for? Getting to the Grove I, at 6.30 in the morning and watching <laughs> everybody judge me for dancing around a cooler, listening to Dwight Yoakam while pounding Maker's Mark. Okay, that is that is a fair, fair draw. It's, it's a very specific answer, Rob. I like that. You got you got all the elements in there. 
the judgment that is passed on to you is just amazing people watching. And then when you are still kicking in the heat at about 2.30 p.m. and you walk down the tent row and you see those people who were judging you passed out in a chair and you get to point and laugh at them, that's when you know who won the day. Hey, win the day. Win the day. Win the tailgate. I mean, I, I guess I'll actually give the same answer as Rob. I'll give it probably a little more generally. And I will say, this is definitely not a dumb question of the week. This is a much more real question. So I will give a more real answer than normal. Uh, the I think coming off of what is now going to have been a, a what, 15, 16 month pandemic, the biggest thing for me is just getting back together with a bunch of people who you probably haven't seen. Certainly for me, like maybe haven't seen in, in person in a long time and just spending time with those people and doing something fun that we all enjoy watching football, just hanging out as Rob said, listening to Dwight Yoakam and, and pounding makers mark, but whatever it is you like to do. And, and I like watching football and, and doing all that. So uh, I think that'll be the biggest thing is just seeing people again uh, in person in that sort of environment. Yeah, I think that's something everybody can get behind. And, you know, if I'm looking at it from purely a football standpoint, and I, since both of you talked about tailgating and being back in a crowd and all that, and, you know, I could say the smell of boudin sausage, I could say all these, you know, smoking meats in the parking lot, you know, that kind of stuff. But, to me, it's the out-of-conference matchups that we didn't have last year. You know, when everybody went insular, you know, this year, Auburn gets to go to Happy Valley and to Penn State. That game would never have happened. And that's something that five years ago when that game was announced, all of my friends, my, my group text blew up. And it's like, guys, we're planning for 2021. We're going. And those games, the Ohio State versus Oregon game that would have happened out at auction last year didn't happen. You know, the LSU at Texas from 2019 wouldn't have happened. You know, that classic game there. So, to me, it's getting that, those matchups that you never really see, um, the big marquee games, getting those again, and just having, you know, bowl games during the season. That to me is what I'm looking forward to most. Are you going to be in Happy Valley for that, Alex? I I've been I, decide which Penn State game to go up to while I'm living in Pennsylvania. I think I need to go up to that. How could you not go to the SEC game? Yeah, and come on, that's a no doubter that I'm yeah. going to be at that game. Uh, that's one of the you know hundred and eight, hundred and ten thousand people cathedrals of yeah. football. Yeah, I'm I'm going. Oh yeah, and it'll be prime time. That'll be sweet. Yeah, I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to bring a crew, some of whom you have met, some you have not. <laughs> and this will be a confluence of spheres. This will be an interesting, interesting dynamic. That's I will one. be there. I will see you in Happy Valley, sir. But will we see you in Atlanta for Ole Miss Louisville for the Chick Fil A kickoff? Ooh, that sounds like fun. It's on a Monday night, though. I'm going to be in MBA school. It's a little easier. Oh, there you go. It's yeah. encouraged to go to go to things like that. It's a corporate event anyway. Yeah, exactly. What is that, the, the 30th, maybe? It's right oh, after. It earlier, right? It's right after Bama plays. Bama plays what, Miami? I think y'all are in the, what's that, the Labor Day game? That sounds about right. So I think you're talking like two, three weeks on. I'll find it right here. September also, 6th. Austin I'm sorry, City. September 6th. Sweet. Also, ACL, George Strait, Austin, Texas. Be there. George Strait, Steamy Nicks. Uh, who, uh, Miley Cyrus is going to be there. Miley Cyrus, Billy Eilish. Yeah, I can get down on that. That's convenient for me now. I spend a lot of time in Houston nowadays. I'm game for that. Yeah, not and there are some there are some good country acts that are down the line. Crockett's going to be there, T-Rob. Tanya Tucker's so, going to be there. Tanya Tucker. 
Yeah, it's gonna that's gonna be a wild ACL. I've never been. You've been. Yeah. Also, asleep at the wheel and Megan the Stallion appearing on the same <laughs> like same concert lineup is wild. Yeah, they're gonna be. The cool. It's like the. I think that's just the most perfect band name. They're gonna be your backing band. That it is a she, right? I think so. Or or stallion. But aren't Megan, the stallion. Aren't stallions males? Stallions are male horses. Yes. Oh. Isn't well, she the one with the the song that's wildly inappropriate? You're gonna have to be clearer than that, as almost strikes yeah, out. More clear about uh, I believe Bam Genitalia or something. I, be, I believe I thought that was Cardi B. I think I it's two of them. Both of them together, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, it had to be. Oh my! Yeah. Well. Oh my! We see how. <laughs> yes, it is confirmed. Up, let's see how up to date I am on today's <laughs> music. So. Uh, today's pop culture icon, T Rob. We had some, we had some friends in town uh, the last two weeks, and I played. I found this song, which I thought was kind of catchy until I heard the, until I heard the actual verses. I uh, while we were driving people around the beach, I did. Oh God, yeah. I I gave it to Alex to listen to. Has anyone "Kiss Me More" by Doja Cat? Oh my god! Oh, Doja Cat's going to be there too. Oh my god! If you listen to the lyrics of that song, Bo, that's if, if you have not heard that, I highly suggest going and taking a, a deep favor. dive into the into the verses. Do yourself a favor and go and uh, YouTube that one and listen to the words. Maybe not YouTube, but go on a site that that you don't visit as much that won't save your history and suggest more things like that. I would. I would. Hey, that's why guest mode was created. Oh yeah, just do that. Get a little incognito. Yeah. Well, on that bombshell. It's, yeah, I'm I love going. it was such the least dumb question of any week, <laughs> and we made it dumb. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> even remember how we got on this. I think it was ACL and non-conference games. Because uh, we all love that non-conference game of Austin City Limits. Yes. Hey, it's out of conference for us. Well, that's true. That's just a fact. But on that bombshell, and after the Ole Miss Rebels struck out twice and popped out to end their top of the first inning here at Georgia in the last regular series, regular season series of the year, I am going to tell everyone, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day, and we will be back. And like we said, we have a great list of guests coming up for you and we will get that out to you as soon as those schedules are finalized but otherwise we will talk to you next week thanks everybody